And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison. Thank you for joining us for part two. If you did miss out on, um, on part one, please go back and have a listen to it, where we look back at last week's matchup against the Cleveland Browns. The title of this week's show, The Bigger They Are, The Harder They Fall. Mark, it doesn't get much bigger than Derrick Henry. No, he's a big unit. What is he, 100 and... Oh, I'm not too sure about pounds, 140 kilos, 130 kilos. Is he that big? No, maybe not. He's, he's, he looks, uh, he he's like 247 it. pounds, so he's, we're looking at it like what? Like about 112-ish kilos. That's still pretty massive. Like he is, he is a player that you wish you had for your team. Imagine if, if we had a Derrick Henry, if he was on the Steelers. Oh, without a doubt. Like, we I mean, wouldn't lose. We would never lose. Well, how could you with Ben? Like, we talked about the Bill Cowher offense in part one. Like, as, Derek, as, as, as Mike Tomlin said, he had, you know, he's a human highlight reel. You know, he has world-class sprinter speed. Now, <laughs> I don't know what world-class sprinter speed means per se, but, like, we're talking, like, you know, you're saying bolt kind of, like, speed, or what are we talking about? But he's a big man, as you said, like six foot three running back. Like that, that's a, that's a big running back. Yeah, he's, he's he's and he's part of their offense. That's 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 why the the Titans are using. That's why they're doing. Um, they're pretty similar to what they're starting to with their organization. Um, they've got Tannehill giving him a second chance now, um, but they've got to feed uh, Derrick Henry, and this is going to be a great matchup to see what our Steelers can if they can. It's number one. I think the Steelers are still number one rush defense, and um, Derrick Henry is, is leading in yards. But I had a thought even before, you could run all those yards, you could run 200, 180, whatever it might you might run, you've still got to win the game. So they came close with the Texans last week, and they did a bit of a blunder. I really thought the Texans should have uh, kicked that field goal and made it eight points. How you don't put points on the board, I don't know. There's a lot of questionable calls with NFL coaches around the t- um, league, but yeah, uh, Derrick Henry, I think, had 200-something yards, two touchdowns, and he's, he's a bit of a threat out there at the backfield as well. Um, I'm not too sure who the blokes are behind him, but as long as we can shut down the run, and we've proven that with Tuit, Cam, because these guys are hungry. Well, you're, that's right. Um, and, and when Tomlin was asked about you know, the backup at the Titans, he said, I don't know much about him. I haven't, we haven't seen much of him because it's been Derrick Henry. And you, as, you, as you said, Mark, like, you know, 588 yards on 123 rushing attempts this year so far. He's got six TDs. They've played like, you know, they've played five games like the Steelers. Like he's averaging almost like 102 yards a game. So, you know, we've got, we, we just talked up Connor for getting, you know, three, three out of the last four with 100, you know, yards per game. You know, Derek Henry's doing it week in, week out, averaging a touchdown a game. The thing for me that's interesting though is like, you know, Year in, year out, he breaks these really long, long runs for touchdowns. Like, you know, he's been in the league for five, you know, this is his fifth season in the league. And each each season, apart from his rookie year, he's gone for more than 74 yards. Like, he's had a long, long run rushing part. Last two seasons, you've seen it specifically. So that becomes really important. However, I saw a really good stat when I was catching up on some good morning football this week that basically talked about over the last 10 years, when the top running back goes up against the, one of the top two defenses in the league, they generally average under 70 yards. And for most of them, it's been under 30 yards. So Derek Henry has got to try and break the stat rule here because 
they're going, he's going up against the second best run defense in the league in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, well, you're right. We shut down, uh, shut down Barkley, uh, Kareem Hunt. So, it, it, you know, we, I don't know too much about the Texans as we beat them a few weeks ago. Um, but that's, you can't give up 200 and something yards uh, for, for Derek Henry to do that. But he is their offense and, and, and they play off him. So when he runs up the middle, Tony Hill might do a fake and, and do you know turn around and play action pass. Um, there's other fellas like AJ Brown. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game. And this is the one where we have 5-0 versus 5-0. And this could be the true winner and the AFC uh, leading you know, team, and then see if the Steelers, if they win again, will we get highlighted? Uh, they are a little bit, I only joke, they are a little bit, but yeah, it's a fun game. Even even for us, though, I thought this game might have been flexed, but I'm not too sure how the rules work. I thought, you know, we still we still see it at 4 a.m., so before you go to work, um, it's going to be very interesting. Well, yeah, and let's sit here in the chat, and, you know, when we were chatting before we went on air, um, and we'll go into a few of the, the key players that are going to be the difference makers and a few of the key matchups this week. To me, it's, it's hard. I do want, like, to me, it doesn't necessarily feel like the Tennessee Titans are a true 5-0 team. Now, appreciate people sort of sitting there going, well, no, the Steelers are the ones that need to prove how good they are this week by actually beating you know, the Tennessee Titans, you know, to prove their record. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the fact that the Steelers are only now getting the respect from the wider media and, and, you know, and the NFL starting to move up the power rankings, what have you. But like the reality is, is the, the Titans have beat the Broncos. They beat the Jags and the Jags got pretty close. You know, the Vikings got pretty close too. Like, you know, I mean, and by saying that, like they they beat the Jags by three points, they beat the Vikings by one point. You know, they only won by six points last week. The only team that they've really taken out is the Buffalo Bills, which are a very good team in their own yeah. right. I think they went into that game actually undefeated. I think they were one of the three and O teams. If I refer back to a previous show we did, so, but to me, I don't know. There's just something about it where I'm not. I just don't feel that they've had to take on what the Steelers have had to take on. And when you look at the game that we had last week, we took on a team with a really good record. Yeah, well, I understand that because I think was it the first game with the the Denver Broncos that they their kicker I can't remember his name. It's quite a long one. Uh, they missed like three field goals and they just won. And Denver should have won that game. Like all the, all these little different games and where Titans even last week the the Texans were in a great position to win. And the Titans win. So this might be one where, the, like you said, the 5-0 and uh, teams aren't as even. I know we've only we've versed some teams that didn't have a uh, winning record. But I'd like, to, I'd like to bring up this point of, I want to get your, your opinion on this. Like, what are, what are your feelings on uh, the Titans having about 35 days off, days off rest during COVID? <laughs> Listen, is Mark's trying to absolutely roll me up? You know, get so fired up, I'd be willing to tackle Derek Henry. Um yeah, like, yeah, I think it is ridiculous. Like, yes, there's though they didn't get to go to their facility and, you know, the Steelers, you know, didn't either and they've both had ample time to prepare for their games. But quite frankly, I, whilst I do want to see the Steelers play every game because I do think they legitimately need to win every game they possibly can to get that respect as in the NFL. And, you know, Steelers fans have heard a lot about that this week, about the way we're being disrespected, the way Ben's disrespected and what have you. 
I do sort of feel they've got off scot-free for completely flouting the rules. Like they affected, I think Mark, you said to me, they might've affected nine different fixture changes or what have you. Like I, I, we all seem to, two weeks ago, it was like, what are the, what penalty are they going to give? And we're all debating whether it's draft picks or fines or whatever, you know, and would they play? And I do think it would have been different had they not been able to play that game against the Bills. I think it would have been a bit different. But what's the pen? Like, what's the penalty there? Like, what? Like, what? What message does that send to the rest of the league? So yeah, it does frustrate me. Like, and I heard, you know, I heard in one of the different reports in NFL Network, they were saying, oh well, you know, the Titans players were saying, oh, we got brought closer together because we didn't have access to facilities and massages and you know all the sports medicine and whatever. I'm like, you all blatantly chose to break the rules. Don't come yeah. out crying. Like, I mean, to me, it's like the Miles Garrett, you know, and I know it's a very different issue, but it's like, oh no, he said something racist after the fact. Like, don't come crying poor yeah. and crying and playing the victim. If that's your attitude, well, good luck this week because you it's, will be feeling like a victim after a couple of quarters. Exactly. That's what's going to help for us Steelers because we, you know, maybe it's a good thing we've been out of the news, not saying anything, not doing anything. We're just we're showing our our force in our numbers, 5-0. and And when those words were said about playing for Garrett, yeah, he's a great player, awesome player. Uh, he got to bet Big Ben once, but, you know, the, the Titans this week, they had, I think it was a, a joke, was about 14 days off or something like that. So, and yeah, it did something. affect about eight games. And Yeah, I think, um, they had, I think they had two walkthrough sessions in, I think it was either 14 or 16 days. So they had two walkthroughs yeah. where they're all in like COVID, you know, COVID safe kind of thing. Yeah, I and mean, that, that's what we have to do this year. And this year was always going to be uh, a weird and crazy year, and we all know that. And we, you know, we're lucky we have football. Um, but you know, maybe the Steelers just go, okay, you had time off, and here's our big matchup, and let's uh, let's go out and beat you. Like a big, they're playing for Big Ben, and 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 vice versa. So, and they're playing for Cam, they're playing for Joe Hayden. These these fellas, if they end of the year have a Super Bowl, it's going to be fantastic because they've been great players for this organization. Well, that's it. That's it. And look, you know, while I've just said this, I, I, I'm not, you know, too crash hot on, this, on the Tennessee Titans being a true 5-0 and team. This week is going to be a very interesting ma- matchup. A lot of people are saying this is the, a lot of Titans fans are saying that this is all sources are saying this is the week that Jadavian Clowney breaks out and has a, you know, really good performance. You know, Adoree Jackson, they're very, very good cornerback has been out all season with it with a knee injury. He even might be back this week, which would be a real difference in their secondary against such great wide receivers from the Steelers. Um, but and, and Jono Smith as well. And I wouldn't mind diving into a little bit about Jono Smith and, and where that means for the inside linebacker. But yeah, I think Mark, you were quite interested in who they might have have back this week. Yeah, well, well, well who who is even um, who, who who's going to protect? Who's, who's clearly going to go after? Is he going to go after Chooks or it, our O-line is doing such, such an incredible job. So we've got to keep, you know, like last week, keep, keep Big Ben up. hundred percent. And, and this is where, you know, perhaps this is the week we see what we've sort of, I guess, you know, in talking about it flirted with a few, like a couple of shows now where it's, when are we going to see the classic Ben, you know, little dump off pass to, to the, to the running back and what have you. And is this the week that a McFarlane starts to do a bit of that and you start to see a bit of catching or, or do we go to these sweeps so that it doesn't matter that Jadavian's coming down after Ben Claypool's running around, running, <laughs> running around the side or a Ray Ray McLeod. Even, like, even Ray Ray. If Ray Ray gets one down in Tennessee, that's going to be a party. hundred percent. 
a hundred percent. But you know what strikes me, even as I said, as even as we just talked about it there. Yes, they brought Matt Canada in, and they wanted to do some of these more cutesy sort of sweeps and switches and what have you. But it's no secret that we've come up against some teams traditionally strong in defense, and we've done this and we've put them off. And look how well we've gone; we're undefeated. Equally, the Titans are usually a team that's known for quite a good defense. There are defense, really good defensive players on that team. We've got that young bloke Simmons on the defensive line that's a really up-and-coming player. For all the Madden players out there, he does fit really nicely in. If you can't re-sign to it or you're struggling there, he's a nice one to bring in if you get a bit of cap space after a couple of seasons. But, you know, they've got – they've generally got a fairly good de- defense on the, on the Titans. So, you know – the creativity in our offense that, that we've shown throughout five games, I think will be really key this week. Yeah. Do you think as well with, um, you know, Claypool, they're going to over adjust for Claypool now because it's one of those scenarios like last year when, um, you know, we had no big Ben and, and the defense, you know, well, it doesn't matter. They, they can't pass it with Rudolph or duck, you know, like they both had a go, but once big Ben is behind center, it's like, you know, we got to look after big Ben. So it's very similar now with Claypool becoming, uh, in some Steeler fans' eyes, number one threat. Um, for me, this year, personally, I don't really look into who I would see Juju as number one, but it doesn't overly matter. They're all playing team football, and it was a team win last week. But for the Titans, they have to now account for Claypool. Yeah, like for me, it's it's not about who's number one. It's and, and I think this is the same with the players. It's not about who's number one in the receiving court. It's about are the Steelers number one? You know, like what gets them that win? Like, and you look at the spread, like in terms of receiving and like it, you know, their targets are so, so spread. Like put it, put it this way, like Deontay has been targeted 26 times, according to pro football reference. Juju has been targeted 28 times. Claypool's been targeted 24 times. James Washington's been targeted 26 times. Eric Ebron's been targeted 24 times. And then you've got sort of James Conner at 15 times and, and Vance at eight and a few other people with a couple of, you know, handfuls of catches. But you look at that. When you talk about who's number one, if you include Ebron, we have five receivers that literally have less than three catches separate or three targets separating. them. You know what, Matty? I think we need to bring back AB. We need a selfish player in that mix. What are, what are all these great numbers? What's going on? <laughs> 20, are you serious? I, I haven't seen these stats. So I, I can't use the Google that well. Uh, 26 targets and they're all, it depends what game plan they have. That's fantastic to hear. And that's the reason why this, we're 5-0. But, but even the spread, right? You talk about game planning, right? Let's, let's just take Claypool, Deontay, Juju, and, Jane, and Washington, right? Claypool, 17 receptions, 335 yards. Deontay, 15 receptions, 147 Juju, 23 receptions, 194. James Washington, 17 receptions, 185. Like the reception level, like you literally got three players, one with 15 and then two with 17. They're all averaging about roughly around 150 yards or over. And then obviously Claypool stand out from a few long plays, but like that there's just this spread. And when I look at the Tennessee Titans, yes, they've got a good secondary in that you've got like a Malcolm Butler, you know, we saw what he did when he was with the Patriots, you know, Kenny Vaccaro's not a bad strong safety. You know, as I said, if uh, they took Christian Fulton, they've got Christian Fulton there who's young, but I think he was potentially taking the first or second round. I think it was the first round off the top of my head. Um, You know, they, if they get a Dory Jackson back, 
that's going to be interesting. But again, how are you going to mark up on the spread? You've got no idea who's going to get the ball from the Steelers. Yeah, it just means as well that uh, Big Ben is um, communicating well and he's showing his real veteran uh, presence. And that's what you need for these young fellows that are in receivers. I, I feel like Juju is like the second uh, oldest or he's like 24. I don't know who's the oldest, but they're all young fellows and they're all having a go. And this is something that uh, Steelers as a as a... As a franchise, need this bit of a bit of a boot um, to get to get us all awoken and start to really start playing again. Because and we haven't had that that opportunity where Big Ben has to come out and and lead uh, lead the game, and which is fantastic. We might need that in the future, maybe versus Ravens or someone like that. But you know, spread this ball around and Ebron's get uh, have, having a dig in uh, uh, McDonald as well. It's it's really fun to watch because even last week with Washington, I didn't know he was going to come out and play such great football. Yeah, exactly. And like, you have that awesome touchdown and I feel like he's, you know, starting to prove his worth and Ben's starting to get used to him. I mean, age is there for you, Mark. Claypool, 22, Deontay, 24, Juju, 24, James Washington, 24. (laughs) Like, how young are they? Like, and just for the rest of the offense, you know, James is 20, James Conner's 25, Benny Snell's 22 and Eric Ebron's 27. Like, you know, Ray Ray's 24 as well. Like, we've got this really young cohort. Like, It's like they, it's like they're, you know, at university, but University of Pittsburgh Steelers, like, this is pretty cool. You know, are all around the same age and they all want to, they feed off, you know, when you're a young buck, you, you kind of feed off that energy, don't you? When you're around some other blokes and, uh, and, and mates and whatever, you want that competitive drive, but you want it for your team. So when you're pushing forward and you're going, you know, over the top. But I wouldn't, but that's it, Mark. And I wouldn't trivialize that for all you Steelers fans out there because whilst we say Big Ben came back to help, you know, Pouncey, Haywood, Hayden get a Super Bowl. Right now, you've got players that really can't do anything because they need to be, you know, very clear about COVID restrictions and quarantining. They can't do anything really about outside of going to practice, being at home with their family. Like their their activities are very limited. To you see the team vibe on the sidelines, to see a young cohort that are all about the same age. I'm not going to say that they're all best. They're necessarily best mates outside of you know. outside of the team or anything like it. But if you've got guys of a like-minded attitude, a like-minded age that get on, that are for the team, I wouldn't trivialize how important that is in terms of maturity that they're showing, which is helping the older guys hopefully get that ring that they're looking for. Well, you can, you can put it into, um, you know, a physical aspect as well. You can see it in their blocking. I've real, like, I think the blocking has really improved on the receivers and the tight ends and it's in the running game. And in the receiving game as well, when Clay pulls on, does a reverse or something like that, there's good some good blocking hat on a hat. And, you know, like I just wanted to bring it up again. We're playing good team football and it feels it feels really fun to watch. Like these these fellas are going going down the sidelines and and pushing pushing the other fella and Juju's doing blocks where he's got his back on him, his hands out. They 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 know what they know what is is for stake and they're gonna keep keep uh, grinding and you know, what better way as a team unit and, and young fellas to, to build around this team? Well, that's it. And the reality too, there are a lot of guys that have a great career that don't win a Super Bowl. If they can get a Super Bowl this year, they've got a lot of time to get put, pad the stats and do all that individual stuff later on, you know. So I, I don't think that it's lost on anyone. I mean, even you take Juju, for example, people go, oh, he's, you know, been really good this year and been a great teammate and, you know, not being selfish. He might not be with the Steelers next year. And, if a team offers him a truckload of cash and they're an average team, he knows he might not be getting a chance at a Super Bowl ever again or until later in his career. So 
that, like, it's no surprise. He's, he's the, I just like that he's got the maturity to sit there and go, you know what, I'm going to share it around and try and get that Super Bowl and I'm going to have faith that the team are going to use me and I can contribute. But look, Mark, let's go into a couple, a couple quickly into a couple of players. Is there a player on the Titans that you think the Steelers need to be, I mean, we talked a lot about Derrick Henry, but anyone else that you think that the Steelers need a really, really game plan for this week on offense or defense? Well, I think that's, yeah, for, for me personally, that's the only person I really know is Derek Henry, but I do, do know another bloke as well. You've got to look after AJ Brown because that, that affects with Henry. So if, if you take up Henry uh, eight in the box and, and shut him down, then you've got that, that um, you know, reverse with Tannehill and, he can, and you've got to watch out for, for Brown. And he, he's a big throw as well, and he's, he's trying to come into his own. And there's nothing more than this uh, Titans uh, 5-0 team want to prove to, to beat the Steelers. So he's going to be one to look out, out for. Agree, agree with you completely. And, and Tomlin referenced him and Metcalf as these freak shows that came out of Old Miss in the, Tom, in the, in the press conference this week. I agree with you in terms of how the Steelers are going to match up on offense outside Derrick Henry, um, in terms of how the Steelers are going to tackle the Titans offense. For me, it's Jono Smith. Um, we mentioned him when you and you brought up um, Darren Waller, you know, in, you know, several weeks ago. Um, and he's someone that, you know, Madden players out there go after him. He fits slots right in on the Steelers behind Eric Ebron. He, he's a good one. If you need to get rid of it, a cap space from McDonald, but um, Jono Smith, you know, he's having a real red crack hot this, this week. Um, red hot go. Um, I think he's had, had a couple of niggling injury problems potentially, but like he comes into this game with 19 receptions, 234 yards, five touchdowns. And given where we talked wow. about the, the Devin Bush, yeah, as I said to you, Mark, when you brought yeah. up Darren Waller that week, I was like, people don't sleep on Jonu Smith. Yeah. And I heard an interview with him as well on Good Morning Football, I think it was. And, and you know, he came across a really great guy, to be honest. Like one day, you know, when Ebron moves on, he might run for his to go after because he does really come across as a good guy. But um, and, and he's obviously performing this season. But I wouldn't trivialize the five touchdowns because he's the leading receiver when it comes to touchdowns and yardage um, from a from a receiving perspective for the, the Tennessee Titans so far. And with no Devin Bush this week, how we cover him will become very important. That's very interesting because if we have uh, Robert Payne Spillane uh, coming in down the box and hitting Henry hard, then you've got uh, Johnny Smith on, on the, you know, the play-action pass. Yeah. So I think that, and they do, I've watched Channel, I've watched Channel for a long time. He, he, do, he does, he does. He was awful, awful in, or he did have a bad go on Miami, but he does a play action pass really well. And he, he wants to have a crack. And yeah, if he's got five touchdowns, that's like, was that one a game or one, one every Yeah, one a game. Season? Yeah. So, you know, and I don't, I'm not a coach. I don't, I, I stick to my Steelers, but um, that's interesting if we can, because Derek Henry is a focal, focal point of this game. And then what happens? What's the second level? What happens after that? And we are missing Bush, and we've got two two thumpers in Vinnie Williams and Spillane now. So that middle of the field might be vacant for for you know a crossover or something like that. And maybe Mick can come down the box and like he did against Baker. Uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah. It's well, just- yeah, and I think you'll see a bit of Edmonds there as well. But I agree. I think you might. This might be one of those weeks you start seeing a bit more Swiss Army knife sort of play from from Minka. Um, but yeah, it will be an interesting one to watch. But Mark, how about on the Steelers side of things? What do we need to do? Is there a player or is there a unit that needs to step up? Or what do the Steelers need to do 
to take out this game and go, believe it or not, 6-0. Do you, do you know what? I'd like to see, I'd like to see actually the receivers, um, you know, get involved again and see, see who's going to get the football. I know we have Connor running, running, um, uh, running really well in the hundred yard games, but um, I'm not, is this a game where we control the clock? I'm not too sure. Maybe it's one of the games where we just got to punch them in the mouth and say, Hey, Juju, let's get on a slant and go 40 yards here. Hey, Washington, uh, up the side of Claypool, you know, do a uh, dig route and all these different kind of things. So maybe big Ben takes control of this game. I had a thought um, this week, like, do you remember the times when uh, the Steelers used to go for, for two points and make it an eight-point game? Wouldn't that be a great thing to do if we got the ball first and we haven't scored a touchdown for a long time? But go score a touchdown in the first possession, eight points on the board, and let's change the whole game. Mark, we are singing from the same song sheet, mate. I definitely think a key in this game would be definitely something around a, an eight-point touchdown, giving that two-point conversion. I agree with you kind of think we could have done that a few, looked at that a few more times in the, earlier in the season, seeing what worked, see what didn't, because I think it will become crucial down the stretch because you only need a couple of them if you're scoring a few touchdowns, if it's a high-scoring game, and suddenly the other team has to kick a field goal to, you know, catch up to you, you know, or get ahead of you there. So, like, that would have been very helpful last week, for, for instance, in the Titans game for them. Um, but, yeah, you've hit it on the head um, exactly where I'm sort of thinking as well. I think the biggest thing the Steelers need to do, we saw possession time up last week. I think they got it. I think it was roughly about 35 minutes off the top of my head, um, just or just over. They need to do the same this week because it's kind of like in this week, it's the best defense is offense. Get the ball away from Tannehill and Henry. And the best way to do that is to have it in your hands. <laughs> in a lot of other sports, there's a saying, when you've got the ball, the other team can't score. Yeah. In the NFL, it's different if you've got Baker Mayfield sitting out the back there <laughs> or Daniel Jones last year. But I do honestly think that, and this is where I say, is this the week that we start to see a lot more of Ben's sort of dink and dime, little ball here to Connor, little ball there to McFarlane, Jalen Samuels, a screen which hasn't really worked to date, and that could mean he potentially might be on the chopping block. Um end of season or, or at the trade at trade deadline time. But that's it exactly is how the Steelers can use the clock put. And as I said to you, you know, before we went on air, put up the points, make Tannehill chase the game. Because yeah. if you've got Tannehill having to throw deep to chase the game, get him into the third and long situations. Like we saw last week, the difference that the Steelers have, have made in the progress there, but make them throw it long, let them get picked off by Minka, yeah. potentially Edmonds, 100%. Hayden, Nelson, like, Force them into situations where they either by scoring lots of points, as you said there with eight point touchdowns or putting them in a position where they're either chasing the lead or they don't have much time on the clock to go after whatever lead you've got force Tannehill to throw. We might see the Tannehill of old. Yeah. That's when our defense is really good as well. Like you said, so if we have Tannehill uh, chasing 10 points and he's, he's throwing here, there and everywhere. And we've got, you know, Minka, you know, uh, dust off his shoulders and what a brilliant play and um, you know and it's so you know we could have changed the show into ripping on Baker um, you know throwing dark eggs everywhere but yeah uh, the Titans uh, with, sorry with Tannehill um, he's got a you know a, a breath of uh, fresh air in, in Tennessee and they're, they're doing well but this would be a, this is one of those games where it's like pretty much it's, it's, it's game of the year for the Steelers fans now so and we could say that every week coming to the Ravens but this really feels big. So if we can take care of Derrick Henry and then they're chasing points and, and Tannehill's thrown deep and he gets picked off, 
It's going to change the whole game, and it's going to be it's going to be fun to see Big Ben and the receivers. Every week they're getting better and better and better and better and better. I think that was five times. Still, it's five and zero. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> That's it, mate. That's <laughs> it. Completely agree. And look, the win this week. Imagine the confidence that gives you going into the Ravens game as well. Um, that absolutely awesome confidence. So. Look, that wraps up us our preview of um, this week's game against the Tennessee Titans. You've heard about who needs to step up in terms of steals, who needs to play big. You've heard about the players um, that need to be big that we need to make full as well. Mark, as always, slinging the slang. This week, I thought I'd give an explanation for a word that we've used a little bit which might have had a few fans Googling, or if this is the first time you've listened to Steelers Touchdown Under, we use the word larrikin a lot, you know? And you're probably sitting there going, what is a larrikin? Like, obviously, someone likes a laugh kind of thing. It <laughs> sort of makes sense. Um, but a bit of a prankster, a larrikin. Someone who, as I said there, likes to have a laugh. You know, someone that's prepared to make a bit of a fool of himself, you know, class clown, but, you know, in a really, you know, light touch way as well. Um, you know, and that's very much the theme that Mark and I bring into each and every one of these Steelers touchdown under. It's two Aussie mates, two Aussie blokes, two larrikins come together and, and have an honest, solid chat, love a bit of a laugh. Just um, having a laugh. That's it. Um, and probably some of the best laughs we have the listeners miss out on either before or after <laughs> the show. But um, but yeah, look, that's the word for me for this week. But Mark, have you got have you got something for the listeners? We should do a show called Steelers Touchdown Under on Cat. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be interesting? I want to go off your one this week. I'm going to go off, you know, to be a larrikin. I'm going to uh, put this out to the Steelers Nation uh, Global. Uh, you know, all you guys are listening to us all over the world. Um, maybe uh, maybe this week you can be a larrikin. And if you have any Titans fans, I want you to teach a Titans fan a word. And this word this week is going to be bugger. Because they're going to be saying bugger 50 times. Every time Robert Payne Spillane comes out in the box with Vinny Vincenzo Williams and Derek Henry gets minus two yards, the Titans fans are going to say bugger. And that basically means, damn, like, why? Uh, that's bad. Or I don't want to swear on air and I haven't just yet, which is quite thankful. Um, but yeah, it's not a, not a good term and you just, it doesn't, not a good feeling. So we say that when we stub our toe, um, on the corner of a, a cabinet or we, we uh, nail our, we hammer our thumb by accident. So if you have any Titans fans, just introduce them to that word bugger. And, and yeah, just to build on that mark, like buggered as well, tired, broken. That's what the Tennessee Titans are going to be after this week's matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what Baker was as well. He's buggered. He left the, he left the third quarter. Odell took his shoes off. They were buggered. Mate, he was cact- he was cactus. He was cooked, <laughs> burnt. You know, <laughs> that's what happens when you get left in the oven, which is the Steelers' defensive line too long. But look, before we wrap up the show, as always, our punts of the week, our big bets in terms of, of predict- predicting a key performance or a key result coming out of the week. Mark, you still lead three and three two on that one. We both got duck eggs last week. The kicker for the Browns. Didn't miss any field goals. He only had to kick an extra point because they didn't do anything else. And Terrell Edmonds didn't get a fumble recovery for for a touchdown. Um, so, do you have a big punt for the week for the listeners? Yeah, I certainly do. I've got the Steelers are going to be the only team that's undefeated. 
So we're going to have, we're going to have some help from uh, the Cardinals and Murray and they're going to take care of business versus uh, the Seahawks. And then we're going to have the Steelers undefeated at six and oh, once they beat the Tennessee Titans and yeah, that's going to be fantastic. And once there's a um, thing on Facebook, I think that Fox sports always puts up and you know, the, the remaining teams undefeated and it's going to be a solo Steelers logo sitting right there. What's yours, Maddie? Well, look, I'd like to go with the fact that Dustin Colquitt will not be the Steelers punter by week nine. Um, and our man Jordan Berry got had a tryout this week again. Um, and, you know, it was funny. We had that chat with Bad about it. And, you know, we, we talked about punting a little bit there. And, you know, Colquitt might be a bit more reliable, what have you. But my punt for this week is, I think, Minka backs it up again. And I think there's a he, he forces a takeaway. I don't, whether it's a force fumble or an interception, I'm not going to make that call. But he plants a game changing play on defense, changes the game for the Steelers. Does he score a touchdown? No. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So that's that's what I'd like to see. But I do think, you know, this is the sort of game where you might see a big hit from him on to like a Jonu Smith, for example, or a pick there, like, you know, kind of what he did against the Colts last year in the end zone. That's the sort of stuff you might sort of see out of him. So yeah, he'll, he'll come back this week. Last week was the start of a start of a stretch. Last week was a working him in and letting him do a bit of his free roam. I love the way, like you had to look at it on camera a million times on the slant and the way he came around. Cause he wasn't actually marking up. You read Baker. I, I just see it this week, but look, listeners, Massive week this week. Massive game tomorrow against the Tennessee Titans. Thank you for sticking with us into part two of Steelers Touchdown Under. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. (laughs) Um, Look, if you've missed anything, you're wondering what you're going to be doing today on a Saturday or even tomorrow before the game, you want to get hyped. There's a plethora of content at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. There's great shows from this week. The Titans guys on Know Your Enemy are really, really great. So join Michael Beck and... um, and Jeffrey Benedict there. Go back and listen to the Sco Bros. Big, they're big fans of ours. We're big fans of them. Love their show. Dave Stat Geeks, Jeff's Let's Ride. You know, Tony Duffio follows our show. Go over and listen to him as well. But look, thank you for joining us. We hope to join you live on air next week when the Steelers are 6-0. and oh. Come on, Steelers. Bring it home. Go, Steelers. <laughs>